When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 105. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am great. I have two days left of work. Two. Hey. And then I go and leave. Oh, baby, I can't wait. Look at you. Good stuff, man. Thank you. It feels great. And the people are already leaving for the weekend. It's Wednesday. I know. It's Wednesday. But people are already like, oh, okay, have a good weekend. Like, guys, there's, there's two more days left in the week. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I take Thursdays and Fridays off. Like, oh, my God. You're working part time at this point, guys. Like, jeepers, creepers. Wow. I it's, wish I was a government worker. It's a summer for the government. <laughs> so what's going on with you, buddy? Um, I had an interesting trip to the dentist, Mitch. Okay. Why Why so, was it so interesting? Because uh, my dentist was chirping me. So th- there's a bit of a story here. Yeah, explain, please. All right. So I haven't been to the dentist in five years. I know right. some people are like, oh, my God, how could you not go to the dentist in five years? I had other people who were like, I haven't gone in 10 years. I'm fine. Yeah. Whatever. I Is it gross? I don't, I don't know. I just haven't been, but I haven't had any pain in my mouth. So I'm like, why am I going to go? There was a part of that where I didn't have insurance or it wasn't covered or anything. So there, there was just multiple factors for why I didn't go. You're anti-dentite. Years. It's fine. I know. I'm anti-dentite <laughs> like it's Seinfeld. <laughs> um, so I went and uh, he was like, he comes in first thing out of his mouth is like, hey, haven't seen you in a long time. I'm like, oh boy. And then he's like, hang on, let me go get your file. And he was gone for like three minutes. He's like, hey, I have to really go digging for this. Like, Jesus. And then he's like, uh, <laughs> What else did he say? He's like, oh, when was the last time I saw you? And then he says, oh, 2014. That's uh, five years ago. He's like, oh, good luck. And then he's looking at my teeth, and he's like, you take good care of your teeth. These look good. He's like, I guess some people can go five years without going to the dentist. Unbelievable. What a... I went like eight years without going to the dentist, maybe even close to 10. And I had coverage. I just chose not to go because I... Don't care to have someone make my gums bleed and tell me that my gums are bleeding. I went back after 10 years and like, oh, yeah, you don't have any cavities. You're fine. Yes, thank you. Because I floss and I brush my teeth twice a day. I'm usually pretty okay. Aside from like needing surgery because someone knocked my tooth out, I'm okay. That's the thing. Like, I felt like I wasted my time. All he did was he took two x-rays, which I mean, I guess I need. But he basically picked at my teeth, brushed them. and was like, okay, you're good. Like, I could do that at home. Yeah, they just they just get deeper, right? I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm saying this because I don't want the dentist to come at me, but yeah. 
If you're a dentist listening to this, please at both me and Mitch or Eyes on Isles on Twitter, at Eyes on Isles FS, at Matt O'Leary NY, or at TLO Mitch, and tell us why we should be going to the dentist every six months because that seems like a scam. <laughs> Dude, they want me to come st- – if you don't start flossing every day because I've gotten out of the habit of it, you're going to have to come every four months. I'm like, why? Why? For what? For, a, I guess, a cleaning every four months. Oh I God. guess. So, yeah, that was my little dentist interaction. And also, I was embarrassed, too, because I, I have all kinds of anxiety because he was going to judge me, which he did. And then it was pouring rain, so I came in there, like, sopping wet and nervous. It was not fun, but we got through. Oh, well. Good for you for going to the dentist and getting your mouth clean. Good for you. Thank you. So, do you have an addition for us, Mitch? I do. So, again, Piper chimed in, like... Weeks ago, saying when we when we have our our new because we're over the hundred game mark, so now we, what we have to pick is oh five is one oh five. We have to take a player from the two thousand and five NHL draft by the Islanders. So that was not a very good draft for the Islanders. I stuck with first round pick Ryan O'Mara. Okay, played a whole thirty three games in the NHL. Oh. Scored seven points. So if this is the first time listening, what we do is we, we dedicate our, our show to a specific player that the Islanders drafted. Uh, and then we keep going with our, our, our regular show and we come back to this player before we get into our social segment. And I ask Matt a couple of questions on this player and he's got to get them right. No chance I'm going to get any of these right, but we'll see. Yeah, sure. We'll see. All right, let's jump into topic number one, the big story of the day, Mitch. Derek Broussard is a New York Islander. He signs a one-year deal at $1.2 million. Your thoughts, Mitch? Uh, eh? Right, it's not that what we were looking for. What we wanted is top six wing, and we got middle six, not even bottom six, center. What? We, we had... Five guys, like Lou had laid out last Thursday, that five guys were competing for that spot. Bo, Mason Yost, Bobo Carpenter, uh, Otto Koivula, and I'm missing one more person. Who am I missing? Oh, why am I missing this last person? God, I'm going to have to go back. Tanner Fritz. Yes, thank you. There it is. Thank you very much. And Um, now we brought in a sixth person. To be fair, though, Broussard is probably better than... All those guys for the third for a third line center role. Um, is he? I if you're under the assumption that Otto Koivula isn't ready yet, that's why I think they gave Brassard a one year deal and not like a multi year deal. Um, Bo, you probably would rather on the wing, right? I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen much of Bo at center. The only time he's really played significantly at center in the NHL was year one. True. So it has been a while for him. I I don't love giving the job to Tanner Fritz or Bobo Carpenter or Mason Jost. Um, I'm okay with this, especially because it's only $1.2 million. And I, and thank God there's no trade protection or anything like that. <laughs> How worried were you that he was getting trade protection? So he signed. We don't know the financials because Lou never talks about that. We don't know about the, the details of the deal. We just know it's a one-year deal. How scared were you that it was like full-on no-trade clause like Valtteri Filippola? Yeah, like a no-move. Yeah. 
I was nervous. I mean, it seems like every contract they sign, it has some sort of trade protection. So uh, it wouldn't have shocked me at all if Lou Lamarillo just slapped a no-move clause on there for for the heck of it. But at the end of the day here, $1.2 million is effectively nothing cap-wise. Yes, sorry. I was just trying to count how many guys they have signed because sometimes I, I don't trust what, what Cap Friendly has. Maybe they just... Anyways, they have 15 guys, forwards signed right now. Um, that's a lot like that. There's going to be some cutting happening. That's for sure. Um, but you, but and, and that that gets to your point that the $1.2 million is not a lot of money. And if for some reason Derek Broussard is no longer capable of performing NHL duties at, at down the middle, they can get rid of him a, a la Jan Kovar. Or... Yeah. Like you reminded me earlier, what's his name? Pierre, Pierre yeah. Parenteau. Yes. Um, yeah, they could, which means they could get out of this, or even if, like, let's say 20 games in, he's not doing good, and you just want to dump him for, like, a sixth-round pick somewhere, you could do that, too, potentially, if a team is looking for depth down the middle. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. I think he is going to have a pretty good year as a center, and I think he does get this third Line roll. I know you wrote something not too long ago saying that there's no guarantee of this because you said like Jan Kovar, Kovash, whatever you want to say his last name, or P.A. Parento a couple of years ago. It's no guarantee. But if I'm looking at all the different centers on this roster or the potential guys who can fill in on that third line role, I think Broussard makes the most sense even with his down year last year. So I'll give you his numbers for last year, Mitch. Yep. In 70 games... He had 23 points, 14 goals, 9 assists. Not great. He played on three different teams. <laughs> there it is. Uh, he was the best with Florida. In 10 games, he had four points. That's pretty good. Sure, 0.4 points per game. What is that over a year? Like a full 40? 82 games? That is 33 points. Which is fine. Like That's, that's Valtteri Filippola territory. Right, he had 31 points last year, did he not? I believe it was 17 goals and whatever assists that makes up that number. <laughs> Good old mathematics. Uh, let's bring it up here. Uh, Valtteri Filippo, 31 points, 17 goals, 14 assists in 72 go. games. Um, but would you be surprised if he gave you like 30, 35 points? No, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he put up 46 points just two years ago between the Ottawa Senators and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, like, the Pittsburgh Penguins paid a good price. It, it was a three-way trade, but they still gave up a first, a third, Ian Cole, and Philip Gustafson to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, that's true. They did give up a lot. Fair enough that, like, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights retained 40% of his salary uh, to enable the trade, but still... Still, that's a lot to give up to try to get this guy. They still gave that up, whether it went to Vegas or went to Ottawa. That was still leaving their team and getting to their own team was Derek Broussard and uh, a prospect. I forget some some prospect from the Ottawa Senators. That's not a lot. So like the, the there's big there's a big focus on him as a third line center, and that was just a year ago. Sorry, two years ago. Yeah, I mean, he's not that far removed, like you said, in 2017, 2018, 46 points. Uh, I I think that 30 to 35-35 range is pretty fair. I I don't think at this point in his career he's going to flip the switch and go back to a 50-point player. No, it's Uh, possible, I guess, but I I wouldn't put money on it. Excuse me. 
No, but if he if he gives you fifteen to twenty goals and is you know a solid face off guy, then at that point maybe it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, uh, Philpola was a fifty point two percent, I think, over his entire career on the face off dot, and uh, Broussard is forty eight point eight, so not really far removed. Uh, he's obviously been a better player than Valtteri Philpola has. Uh, my only. The debate I'm having with with giving it my full like giving my full blessing to maybe not blessing is the right word I'm sorry I'm, stuck. I'm struggling here with the word I want to use it's okay. um, going all in here it is where I'm struggling with going all in on Bertard being the third line center is I I don't think the Islanders even have confidence in him necessarily they gave him a tryout contract they essentially gave him a PTO. I get it. I get the point that you're making, but it's not like a bunch of other teams were busting down his doors. So that it's not like they had to give him three million dollars in order to get him to come here. Right, which then still plays into my point of like no one else really wanted him. So that there's something to it. There's a reason why thirty other teams weren't willing to sign him on August 21st. I guess. And I'm not saying that this is a bad this is a bad deal. All I'm saying is that this is why I can't be. He's all I'm all in on him being the third line center. And maybe it's just you know uh, PTSD from last year where I'm going like, oh my god, Jan Kovar, I put all of my eggs in his basket of being the number two center because why else would the Islanders sign him to a two year two or sorry a one year two and some million. million dollar deal? It was flat two, right? I think two, yeah. And I was convinced. Well, that's why they did it. He was a point per game player in Russia. Why wouldn't they do that now? But we saw that Jan Kovar couldn't even crack a top four. Like he couldn't, he couldn't make the top four centers on the Islanders team last year, who we thought wasn't going to be very good. Um, so I, I'm not going, I'm not ready to throw all my eggs in his basket. I'm just not yet. Okay. But if I had to give like a confidence interval for any any of the six guys now that are trying on for the role, he gets like eight out of ten. He's the favorite, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He would so- have to be. He would have to have like a very bad training camp in preseason in order to lose this spot. No, like if he just shows that he's okay, I think he it's his job. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay. Anything else on Derek Brassard before we get on out of here for this topic? Uh, I'm I'm fine with with. With the signing, one point two million dollars is a lot of money. He's thirty-one years old, I believe. He turns thirty-two in September, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, that's two years younger than than uh, Valtteri Filippo when we got him. So it's not terrible. He's not well over the hill, and it's one year. Like, like we paid one point five million dollars for nine games worth of Lucas Pisa. So I'm fine with this. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I forgot about the money that they gave to Lucas Pisa. Uh, okay, so moving right along, there was some other signings this week. Two RFAs got signed, just like Lou Lamarillo hinted at, and it was Josh Osang and Michael Del Cole. Michael Del Cole gets the standard RFA contract for uh, Lou Lamarillo, it seems, with a two-year deal at seven hundred k per year. Josh Hosang, on the other hand, signed his qualifying offer at one year, 874000 if he plays in the, I almost said major leagues, but NHL, <laughs> and uh, seventy k if he goes down to the AHL. 
Yeah, okay, so what are your initial thoughts on this? On So we broke it down on our Patreon, so if you're not a patron yet, please go. Uh, you're going to get at least three podcasts uh, of regular Islanders topics a week, uh, plus a mailbag show, so that's four, plus this regular one. So like that's a lot of content you're getting for five bucks a month. Uh, we talked about these two specifically. So do you want to break it down the same way that we did it on the Patreon? Yeah, pretty okay. much. So... Essentially, well, let's start with Michael Del Cole, who took the two-year deal. Now, he doesn't have as much of a sample size in the NHL as Josh Hosang, but last year he played more with the Islanders, and they really seemed to rely on him, especially in the second half of last year, and they seemed to like what he did on that third line. Yeah, they liked his defensive play. They liked what he was doing offensively. They even gave him some power play time near the end. Yeah. Um, 28 games, seven points. That doesn't sound like a lot. It really isn't. I think over an entire 82 game season, it's 21 points. It averages out to be. That sounds about right. Uh, or not averages, but paces out to be. But he was a point per game player at the age. I love it, right? Like 34 points in 34 games. That's huge for, for a guy like him. Uh, it, it seems like it was finally clicking. Um, so to get a, a $700,000 Devin Tays bridge deal. Uh, that's he, he's earned it. It's not a lot, um, but he, he earned the right to to show that he can play at the next level. And I'm looking forward to him being that that third line winger. You know, again, I'm not looking forward to or not looking forward. I'm not expecting that he's going to put up 40 to 50 points. But if he can give 30 to 35 on that third line, that's good depth scoring. That's exactly what the Islanders need from the third line. And if they can get it for seven hundred thousand dollars. That's good. Yeah, right. That's the thing. If he, because at this point, I think the ship has sailed of him being like worth that top five pick in terms of being like a top six player who's going to give you a ton of production. But I still think he could be like an okay third line player. And like you said, if he gives you third between that thirty and thirty five points and depth scoring, especially over the next two years at a cap hit under a million dollars, you got to be pretty happy with that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Why wouldn't you be? Right? Like, why would you not be happy about this? Who is unhappy about $700,000 to Michael Dal Cole? I want to know. If you listening are unhappy about Michael Dal Cole signing for $700,000, hit me up at TLO Mitch and let's have a discussion because something wrong with you. <laughs> uh, but I, were you surprised? I guess I'm going to spin this now and say, were you surprised that he took the two year deal and Hosang only took the one year deal? Not at all. Like okay. I feel like Dal Cole has seen his career trajectory, you know, go through the tubes before last year, and like he's just I will take whatever you're giving me as long as you're willing to give me, and I will take it, and I will work with that, and I will prove my worth. Uh, um, but please give me as much as you can because I want to stay here because I've seen how this could go away as quickly as possible. Whereas Hossein knows he belongs and it just is just wants just wants a chance to prove that he can make it. Yeah, and. Switching over to Hosang now, he really bet on himself by taking this one-year deal. So, like we said, he could either be making $70,000 next year if he gets sent down or 874000 But there's a big caveat here. If the Islanders were to send him down and he would go to the minors and lose, I'm saying lose in air quotes, out on $800,000, he would have to go through waivers. Yep. And you would think that another team, one of the 30 other teams in the league, would take a free flyer on Josh Hosang for 870000 So he pretty much thinks in his mind, I'm going to get that as much money as I can this year. 
and prove that I belong on an NHL roster, which give me all the stock in Joshua saying that. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he chose the win-win situation, right? Win, number one, is I can play on the Islanders NHL roster and I can make $874,000. Win number two is if they don't like me, they'll waive me, someone else will pick me up and then I'm outside of the New York Islanders organization. Right? He's got to want to leave if they're not going to show him faith after five years. Right. Like, I genuinely think that he wants it to work here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, if he were to be given up on again, I completely understand why he'd be like, okay, I hope another team picks me up now because this is year five of this. Exactly. And he doesn't have to ask for a trade, which reduces his value and increases the drama around him. It's just he gets waived. He just wasn't good enough. But another team might look at that, like in Arizona or something else, might say, like, there's some upside here. If we can get this player surrounded by some some other decent players, we, we could do something. You put him next to Phil Kessel? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. But, right? yeah, that on the same line? You got to think Arizona would be dripping to do that. Dripping. Just please give us the chance. Uh, but maybe not dripping. I'm sure they're not dying. Like, they're calling Lou. Please let us have Joshua Sank for free. But I think if the opportunity presented itself, yeah, why not? No, of course, absolutely. And we said on the show many times in, on the website and stuff like that, if Joshua Sang is put in a position for him to succeed, like in a top six role, playing with guys who can put the puck in the net, he is going to be very productive. Now, that isn't to say that he's going to be very productive as an all-around NHL player. We know that he's struggled in the past in the defensive zone with turnovers, but as we've seen, he has gotten better in both of those areas. And even his coach from the AHL, Brent Thompson, came out and said in an article with Arthur Staple that they put him in big-time situations last year and relied on him like in the playoffs, and he was much better defensively. Exactly. Egg. Exactly. Look, let's look at his giveaway numbers. His first year with the Islanders, so his first year, 21 games. His first sample size in 16-17, 20 giveaways in 21 games, pretty much one for one. In 17-18, 23 and 22, over one. In 18-19, 6-10. That's a drop. Like he should have another four giveaways there, minimum. Yeah. And yes, he didn't give you that production that we were used to seeing, but... He made everyone around him better. There's only one player who gave us that production that we're, what we're used to seeing, or an increase in production, or at least, at least to the level, and that was Brock Nelson. Everyone else dropped, so yeah, that much. that doesn't surprise me much that he couldn't put up more points in a defensive heavy system. He was a plus two. He was a plus two for all those plus minus nerds out there. He was a minus seven in 2017-2018 in 22 games. In 10 games, he was a plus two with two points. That's pretty good. And good coursey numbers and good possession numbers and making everyone around them better. So I, he like you said, great coursey numbers, actually 58.4. Yeah. So you would have led the team if you had a bigger sample size. Yeah, exactly. So come on now. Like that's got to be great. And earlier you mentioned that when we were talking about Derek Broussard, that you were hoping for a top six player. Maybe Lou is going to say, all right, Josh, it's time. you got to show us. And if you don't show us, then we'll wave you and you go somewhere else. But it's it's your time. Yeah, I think he's going to give him every opportunity that he needs. He said so, he being Lou, about Noah Dobson giving every opportunity that he requires to get to the NHL this year. Um, Sorry, I keep looking up and hearing noises, and it sounds like there's an elephant parade in my living room. It's just fireworks going on right now. 
Is it a holiday? No, it's not a holiday. It's uh, the casino here does these like firework competitions. But the casino is like kilometers away, but we can still hear it. It's insane. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you live close to a casino? No, no, not really. Ish, kilometers. Over. It's kilometers, like two, two, three miles away. Okay. But still, I hear them. The sound travels very well in Ottawa, it seems. Uh, so, but with Hossein, like, man, I don't know if they're going to give him every opportunity like they give Noah Dobson, like they're going to give Noah Dobson. He still has to show that he can play defense. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. But in in training camp, they're gonna. It seems like they're gonna have open competitions for the third line center and for that last spot on the second line in the top six. You gotta yeah. think that Hosang would be the front runner because of his uh, experience in the NHL, and he plays on the right side, which is something that the Islanders need another right-handed forward. You you would have to think so, but you know we said that before uh, specifically about Josh Hosang, and look where we are now. So again, I'm not putting all my eggs in, in the Joshua Sang is making the NHL basket. I will do so for Noah Dobson, not Joshua Sang. Okay. All right. I'll give you that one. But right. I think we both got to be um, pretty happy with with these deals. For, they're extremely affordable. One's a prove it deal on a one year deal, so he's going to be motivated. Joshua Sang, yep. and the other is for a guy who can give you a little bit of upside, but even let's say it's doomsday scenario and uh, Michael Dalcole does go on a 20-point pace over a full season at $700,000. Is that really killing you? No, not at all. Dude, between those two guys, dude, as if like I'm a surfer, uh, those two guys, Ryan Pulak and Devin Taves, the Islanders have given or have signed or have given up, I guess you could say, or paid $4.274 million. That's nothing. That's nothing. $4.274 million of their cap. Ryan Pulak, Devin Tays, Michael Dalcole, Joshua Sang. You're looking at a number one defenseman, at least a number four defenseman, if not number two. Uh, you're looking at a third line winger, and you're looking at maybe a top six winger, all for less than $4.5 million. That's pretty good value. That's great value. How much is Andrew Ladd pulling? We know it's five and a half. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you boy. All right. Want to get into uh, Rumorville for a little bit, Mitch? 100%. It's this time of year. Let's bring out the rumors, especially this one, because I am loving it. It's like McDonald's. Okay. So, as we know, RFAs for the most part, even though we just talked about two signing, have not signed. There's a lot of RFAs especially top-end ones who are still unsigned. One of them is Patrick Laine out in Winnipeg, and he had an interview on Sportset, and he was not very convincing that he is staying in Winnipeg. I don't know if you saw that video, Mitch. I did. Um, he essentially, uh, when they asked him, it was like, do you hope it works out in Winnipeg? He paused for like four seconds said, um, it's a business. I mean, I guess they've been okay with me here. I was like, ooh. Oh boy, not good. Yeah, there is the idea of you know lost in tra- maybe not lost in translation, but you know English is not his first language type thing. Uh, but he seems pretty comfortable in English. I think it was really like how do I say this properly type of situation. Because he, you're right. I, I, it's not to say that he wants to stay in Winnipeg. It's not to say he doesn't want to stay in Winnipeg. It's he don't know. He's still not convinced. And we're August twenty first. Right, and Winnipeg still has a lot of contracts to hand out. They got, a, but they also have a lot of money. 
No, they they do, and they can make other things work. But that means you could also, you know, give them something with cap space and with cap hit on it, rather, in order to acquire someone like Patrick Line. But uh, the point that I wanted to bring up is, if Line is talking like that, you, if I'm allowed Murillo and I see that video, I am calling the Winnipeg Jets and saying, "What do I have to do to get this guy from you?" Yeah. I you, you got to think like I, I look the guy yes he had a bad year with not even a bad year twenty Still had with 30, thirty goals thirty goals twenty assists for fifty points he was a thirty goal scorer last year and he had forty four the year before that thirty six in his rookie year <laughs> rookie year he's twenty one years old <laughs> he's twenty one years old has a hundred and ten goals in two hundred thirty seven games. Insane. He's got to have a goal every other game, almost, on average. Almost. Every other night, he's probably going to get you a goal. <laughs> Ridiculous. But I just don't understand how some Islander fans are being extremely selective. They're like, oh, I want a top six winger. We need a score. And then it's like, hey, what about Patrick Line? It's like, no, 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 not him. He, he's lazy. He, we don't want someone who just scores goals. What do you mean? That's exactly what the Islanders need. They got a million guys who can play in the defensive zone. They desperately need another score, and there's one sitting in the dark depths of Winnipeg begging to get saved, and you you don't want to trade for him? Why? He doesn't play defense, Matt. Yeah, but I understand that, and I'm not saying that defense isn't important. I don't understand that. Look, Al Arbor told Mike Bossy, I didn't bring you here to play defense. That's what I mean. I'm saying this. You have 12 forwards. Yes. If you have nine of them that are good in both ends and three that aren't, I think you'll be able to survive. Yeah, they're not all three going to be on the ice at the same time. And if they are, you got to rethink your lines. But I don't think Barry Trotz is going to do that. He's going to have one guy who's maybe not that strong defensively. Sure. But he's going to have two other guys that will. Plus, he's got two guys who play the darn position in defense. So that's four guys on the ice to cover the back end. It's fine if one guy cheats a bit. It's That's that's great. You're there to score goals. And look, this guy isn't fleet of foot necessarily. He's not slow, but he's not the quickest either. You might, you might, he might need a yard or two. That's fine. Cover the point, Patrick. That's fine. And wait for it to, to exit. Perfect. That's all right. But we want you to be in the offensive zone where you can do the most damage. That's your bread and butter. And what's wrong with that? I, you're preaching to the choir because uh, at, the, at this point, this is exactly what the Islanders need. And look, 35 power play goals over the last two years. 35. And if you remember, what was their uh, percentage last year? 14.5% on the power play. Third worst. Not great. No, it's not great at all. That, that just really that really frustrated me a lot to, to hear the blowback on Patrick Line. It would be like, everyone's screaming, oh, this team, they didn't get better. Where It's uh, August 21st. The roster's the same as last year. They're, they took a step back even. And then you bring up, okay, well, what about this guy who seemingly wants out of town? No, we can't have him. He only plays offense. Lazy. Don't want him. 21-year-old who scored 30 goals every year? No, I'm all set. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Why? And I think, I think, I know we've talked about this before, but like Barry Trotz had a guy just like this, exactly like this in Washington. Sure enough, he is the best scorer we've ever seen play the game ever. Uh, but Patrick Liney is not far off from Alex Ovechkin quality in terms of goal, uh, like goal scoring. No. Who says He's Barry like- Trotz can't get him to do the same thing? 
You know how there's a saying like he's the poor man's version? I don't even go that far. I'd say he's like the middle class man's version of Alexander Ovechkin. The upper middle class version. He's not that far removed. And look, he had a bad season. Negative 24 and plus minus. What was Ovi that one year? He was like a minus 40 or something like that. Let me bring it up here. Before um, Barry Trotz showed up. He was a negative 35 in 2013-2014. He had 51 goals, but still a negative 35. That's a Patrick Liney type situation. Liney had 30 goals, negative 24. Winnipeg wasn't that great defensively last year, but still, uh, nor was Washington that year. And then Barry Trotz comes along, he plus 10, plus 21, plus 6, plus 3, plus 7. Wait, that's actually kind of wild that you scored 51 goals and you were still <laughs> on the ice for 35 more goals against <laughs> than uh, four, but okay. Yeah, it, it's insane. Uh, but that that was the magic of Barry Trotz. He got this guy not only to just play offense, he, or sorry, not only to play defense, he kept playing offense. Like he's got 50, 50, 30, 49, 51 goals. Insane, insane production. Uh, although I think Barry was only there as of 2015, 2016. So two years after the negative 34 turnaround, I think. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure he was there for the Islanders playoff series in 14-15. I'll look right now. Yeah, yeah. was it five years or four years that he's with the Capitals? I'm pretty sure it was, it was five now that you mention it. I think you're yeah, right. Four, yeah, 14-15 through 17-18. Right, because there was a whole thing that he remembers playing the Coliseum during the playoffs. Um, so he got him to do that. Who says he can't get Patrick Line? So all the people who are worried that Patrick Line can't play defense, you're probably right. He's probably not very good defensively, but Barry Trotz can get something out of him. Uh, if we can land this player, and who's, who knows if we can, but I don't think we should poo-poo the idea because he doesn't play great defense. That's no, fine. But even like we talked about Joshua saying not too long ago, if anyone is going to get a player like Josh Osang, Patrick Laine, Alex Ovechkin to play defense, it's Barry freaking Trotz. Yes. Yes. And again, like you keep mentioning, he's 21. Like, he just turned 21 in April. And, like, everyone was like, oh, he was terrible last year. He still had 30 goals and 50 points. You're telling me you don't want that in the Islanders' top six? Like He wasn't great. His course, he was 46. Uh, his, his relative Fenwick was negative 3.6. Yes, I, I understand, but just put him by that face-off dot and just feed him the puck a million times a game and let him score 60 goals. He was also a 98.9 PDO. He's going to track up next year. He's going to go yeah. back up. Back to the mean, baby. We like That's a, a positive regression. That's not a regression to the mean. That's a progression to the mean. Yes, so uh, he's going to get better. He can be better. Can the Islanders get him? Yes. Uh, is is it going to be hard to land him? 100%. It's not going to come cheap. First off, they have to trade for his rights. Then they have to pay him. Uh, and he's probably not going to take anything less than Anders Lee money, I would say. Yeah, I think you'd probably be able to get him for, I would say, $8 million, I think is fair. It, it really depends. Like we've seen what Lou's able to do right now in terms of contract negotiations. Like he's still got it in terms of contracts, at least with players that you know he controls, like RFAs. Mm-hmm. Um, may, maybe he's able to convince him to take a lower, like six million dollars over two years type thing. Maybe even less than that um, for for two years. Uh, but even if he pays him eight over eight or eight over seven, whatever, fine, great. 
I think he could still do the eight. Uh, that's great. You got a guy who can give you 40 goals and you're going to be like, I don't know. 40 goals. That's two 40 goal scores. You have 80 goals between Anders Lee and Patrick Liney potentially. Come on. Yeah, maybe, right? Wild. So that that's the point. Is it likely that he's traded to the Islanders? Probably not, but it was still put out there this week that he didn't look too happy in Winnipeg. His future is certainly un, unsure. They're unsure of his future there. We know that for a fact. But I just didn't understand why everyone was so down on the idea. Not everyone, but why I got a lot of blowback for that idea. Uh Yes, he's not great defensively, and and the prospect of getting him is low. Again, Winnipeg has $17.5 million of cap space, the most cap space in the entire NHL. They still have to make the floor. like They're, they're not even above the floor yet, um, and they, they have to sign Lyon and Connors. But that's going to be only 10 guys signed to deals. They need to still bring in two more guys on, on as forwards, uh, and they still have to sign Eric Comrie, which isn't a big deal. So like it's going to be... They're going to run out of room, and I don't know if they can spend to the cap necessarily. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. That's a good point. So, like, if you're if you're saying six for Lion A, probably another six for Connors. That's twelve. They got five million left, and they still got to get two more guys on the roster, on the Ford roster. Even if it's you know AHL call ups or you know seven hundred thousand dollar deals, you're still looking at probably somewhere around two million. Now you got three million left in cap space. That's not a lot of money for a team like Winnipeg, who, let's be honest, one of the smaller venues in the NHL in terms of butts and seats. They fill them. They always fill it. But the number of butts and seats is low. So can they pay? I don't know. That's that's also a good point. I didn't think of it like that. They, they're they not really what you would consider a big market team. Oh. They, have a go- they have a great fan base. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not taking anything away from that, but... Can they operate in paying both those guys? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they might be able to suck it up now. But like, I don't know. I don't know what the financial situation is in Winnipeg. But I don't think it's like the most lucrative market. Uh, they're probably fine. They can afford everything. They're not going anywhere. But in terms of you know paying to the cap year after year, I don't know if they could do that. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not so sure either. So. We're going to see. It's been an interesting summer with the RFA situation. And, I mean, we're just inching even closer now at, at this point. So, I who knows when this gets solved. Yeah, the, already RFAs are trying to figure out where they're going to play this year. Sometimes, it's, for some of them, it's in Europe. Yeah, Mitch Marner going to the Swiss League to, for training camp. Yeah. My, potentially I playing. Well, I, don't, I don't think he'll actually play. But we'll see. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? All right, I'm ready for some trivia, Mitch. Let's go. Okay, I got three questions on our boy Ryan Omara. So let me just pull up his his profile again. Sure. So uh, Ryan Omara was drafted 15th overall by the New York Islanders in 2015. What country was he born in? Ryan Omara. It's a tricky (sighs) answer. It's not a traditional hockey. um, I've... uh, I would want to say Ireland then because of Omara, but I feel like that's not right. It's not. Um, that's a free guess right there. It's uh, give me a hint on the. Oh God, how do I say this? It's in the Orient, I guess. Oh God, I, I'm not a geography guy, so I'm going to give an answer, and it's probably going to be terribly <laughs> wrong. 
Uh, we'll go Turkey. No. Uh, Japan. He was born He's in Tokyo, Japan. Japan. Yeah. Born on June 9th, 1987 in Tokyo, Japan. Was six foot two, 220 pound Ryan O'Mara. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next. He was traded to the Saginaw Spirit in 2007. What New York Rangers defenseman did he play with? So, sorry, future New York Rangers defenseman did he play with? In 2007. With the Saginaw Spirit. Ryan McDonough? Sorry, yes, uh, that's who I was going for, but that's not true. I saw McDonough, and I didn't realize he was a cent- he was actually a center. So that's not true. Uh, <laughs> I think the wrong <laughs> Ryan McDonough. McDonough. Oh, man. I saw Ryan McDonough, and it's spelled the same way. Yeah, uh, and but it says C is position, not D. Um, oh, boy. La- sorry. He played, same team, same team. So the 2007 Saginaw Spirits, he played with a New York Rangers draftee, drafted in the same year, so a forward, drafted by the New York Rangers in the fourth round from the Saginaw Spirits. And he was the Rangers drafted in 2005? Their fourth round pick in 2005 by the Rangers, played with Ryan O'Mara in the 2006-2007 Saginaw Spirit team. Who is that forward? God almighty. Do you have any hints? He never actually played an NHL game for the New York Rangers. He only ever played for the Montreal Canadiens and the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Ottawa Senators. Most recently with the Ottawa Senators last year. Played 37 games. Uh, First name Tom. I don't know. Tom Pyatt. Okay, yeah, I would have never got that. So that that never was me scrambling because I screwed up the Ryan McDonough thing. Ramp around, good job, me. Um, so I I did this just before we came on air. So like I was trying to be prepared and still failed. And then last one: What two NHL teams did Ryan O'Mara play for? So he played 33 NHL games for two different NHL teams. Who are those teams? I'm going to go the Islanders is one. Nope. He never played for the Islanders. Never played for the Islanders. They're both West Coast teams play in the Pacific Division. So I just whittled that down to two. Uh, The Oilers? Yes. And, and the Sharks? No, the Anaheim Ducks. Close. He played two okay. games with the Ducks in 11-12, and then he played 31 games with the Edmonton Oilers from 2009 to 2012. His most okay. productive year was 21 games in 10-11 with five points. Okay, so uh, forgive me for not <laughs> knowing the Ryan O'Mara <laughs> trivia who played 33 games in the NHL. It's fine. It's, this is all for fun. And we see how oh, often I screw up and getting my, my stuff right. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So that was the Ryan O'Mara edition. So we can get into some social stuff now. Yes. And forget that ever happened. <laughs> uh Okay, so I want to get it rolling, Mitch, with yes. uh, something that I saw from someone on Mets Twitter. So he put out uh, 
who are your five least favorite Mets? So I answered for that, and I was like, you know what? Let me steal this and, and do it for the Islanders. Um, so I'll give you my five. Maybe you give me your five, and then I'll read some of the replies. Okay. Sure. So you can start thinking as I run yeah. through. Uh, Brian Strait was number one on my list. This is in no order, but he was the first person I listed. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Ladd. For sure. Leo Komarov. Okay. Right. Thomas Thomas Vanek. Yep. And Ole Kavasha. Okay. Um, Thoughts on the list? Fine, I suppose. I understand why you put Leo Komarov there. I don't. I don't like him, but I don't hate him either. Um, everything else is fine. Kavasha is all right. That's what. Well, what kind of blowback did you get? Oh. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> um, I got a Oleg, really? Um, I got... Uh, I can't even read this one on the podcast because it's not family-friendly, <laughs> so I'll summarize and said... He basically said, at least it's not... At least Bailey isn't on here, but everyone loves to find a uh, a whipping boy. Why is there childish bashing of a guy who actually contributes? Which I got into a wild debate with this guy. Uh, apparently, I was called a bully for what I said about Leo Komarov, that yeah. he takes too many penalties in the third period, and that you can find someone much younger and a third of the price to do the same yes. thing. Um, I got slack because I didn't have Kirk Muller on my list. I was one years old when he played, so that had zero impact on my life. I'm not saying that he's a good Islander or anything like that, but he doesn't make my list because I didn't see him play. So how can you be my least favorite Islander? Yeah, that's that does it. Uh, but I, I got some people understood it, and, and they gave me some uh, good answers. Someone said, Tavares, 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 lad. <laughs> <laughs> Which was pretty funny. Uh, I got... Chris Simon, Trevor Gillies is a little surprising on that one. Uh, Kirk Muller, Brian Strait, John Tavares. Uh, let's scroll down. Kirk Muller, uh, Mark Andre Bergeron, Brian Strait, uh, Leo Komarov, Andy Hilbert. Uh, who else do we have? Another Kirk Muller, uh, Andrew Ladd, Brian Strait, Lucas Pisa, Todd Bertuzzi. How can you hate Spiza? He was barely there. I hate that they went for him, but like, anyways. So, okay, my five, now that you list them. Kirk Muller, for sure, is like, screw that guy. You didn't even want to play? Come on. Just just play. I don't want to. I don't like it. It's different. <laughs> Whatever. Just go back to Montreal. Um, Andrew Ladd. It's, it's not necessarily fair, because it's not that I, I hate Andrew Ladd. It's just I hate what Andrew Ladd has become. Not as an individual, but what, he's, what he essentially represents, which is bloated free agent contracts that they don't deserve uh, and binding teams to that contract that they, again, do not deserve. Uh, so that's that's two guys. John Tavares, because screw that guy. He didn't want to stay, you know, because he had pajamas with the Maple Leafs on it. Big deal. I had Montreal Canadiens pajamas when I was a kid. That's just what happens. You're not going to get New York Islanders pajamas in, in Toronto, Johnny. That just doesn't happen. Well, see, I didn't put him on my list because... While he was an Islander, I very much enjoyed him. Yes, you made the rational decision, but I'm reacting irrationally. So okay, that's that's three guys that I don't like. Oh, God, I already screwed up my list here. I already forgot. 
Who are the other two guys were? My memory is really bad. Brian Mueller Strait. Okay. Uh, for sure, because like... And maybe that's not fair to him either. Like, he just did what he was told to do. But still, I don't like what he represents. And uh, oh, can I put Mike Milbury because he used to be a player? He, well, not for the Islanders, but still. No, that that is cheating. No, damn it. You're not allowed. Uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff. How about that? Because he's not trading us Patrick Laine, and the Islanders drafted him in the first round back in, like, I don't know, 1970-something, and he never played for them. I, he got injured, uh, but still. All right. I'll, I'll give you that one, sure. Yeah, that was me scrambling for an answer. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, what do you got for us? The one, I have two, uh, but the one that I that I really do have that I want to get out first is uh, Ryan Pulak was not included in the NHL's top 20 defensemen, and that's perfectly fine, but it's also perfectly fine if you think he probably belongs because that list isn't the greatest list in the world. It's a fine list. There's a lot of really good defensemen on there, but there's a lot of guys that are on there because of what they've done in the past rather than what they're doing now. Yeah, that's true. Like, Ryan Pulak was a great defenseman for the Islanders, led their team to the best defensive record in the NHL. Last time I checked, uh, defensemen are supposed to play defense, which he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he can put up points. He did so. His I think his point share was 8.3, just a few points behind Ryan McDonough, who had a boatload more points than he did, and a way higher plus minus at like plus 35 or something like that. Uh, and Ryan McDonough was the 20th overall defense, best defenseman in the league. I would not put Ryan McDonough as best, like 20th best defenseman in the league. He's a fine defenseman, but 20th best? There are only 19 guys better than Ryan McDonough. Yes, he's got points, but like, look at where he's playing right now. And look at what they did last year. It, yeah, that's true. You can argue, reasonably argue that Ryan McDonough was a passenger, whereas uh, Ryan Pulak was a driver. Yeah. I can understand I that, the, that the top twenty list is all is all personal and it's all super subjective, so that that's fine. I'm not mad that he's not on there, but I I could see someone making a case for it, and I would support it wholeheartedly. I would think that he probably shouldn't be on the list, but I wouldn't be like upset if he was on the list either. Uh, like I, I don't know, I'm not going to sit here and like with a pitchfork and a fire torch and be like he's got to be on the list. No, absolutely. That would yeah, be irresponsible. But, but I, if he did make it, I, I mean, it, I could see that too. I, I think he's fringe. He's definitely fringe. They, I don't. Last I checked, they didn't release like a, a fringe listing necessarily, like they did for the centers. But uh, I would imagine he's somewhere around there. Probably. If you told me top thirty, if he didn't make top thirty, then I would start to be getting upset. Yes, absolutely. He's. Definitely top 30. Look, they had Oliver Ekman Larson on there. And Ekman Larson is a fine player, but like to be the top 20, I think he was in like top 10. You're going, really? All right, fine. Yeah, that's kind of rough. Not to say that Ryan Bullock should be at the top 10, but you're going like, that listing. But yeah, anyways, that's what I wanted to get off my chest. Okay. Uh, so that'll do it for us for episode 105, Mitch. We're just going to get some plugs out of here before we wrap this thing up. Yep. So... Wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That really uh, helps us out a lot. We genuinely appreciate it. Uh, Mitch put out a tweet earlier today, actually, I wanted to mention briefly, uh, that we've done about 240 episodes yes. of, well, this is episode 105, but if you include the stuff we did on Patreon and uh, the 
the post games and all that, we've probably recorded about 240 episodes. And the reason we're able to do that is because you guys, the listener, and we really appreciate that. So all the support means a lot to both of us because we're able to do this as part of a job. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who lends us their ears multiple times a week. Like you're the real MVPs. Where okay, we did the wherever you're listening one. So next we will do the Patreon, which we just hinted at. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. We talk about uh, really a bunch of different stuff on there. We have a mailbag every Wednesday, so you submit questions, we answer them. That drives the conversation on the podcast, and we do other like deep dives over the summer, and then like I mentioned, post game shows during the year. You can also follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles fs on Twitter. I'm Matt O'Leary, and Y on Twitter, Mitch is T-L-O Mitch. You could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could also download our app available on iPhone or Android, the eyes on aisles app. And then finally, you could visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Episode 105 in the books, August rolling right along. We're almost done here. Hockey right around the corner, Mitch. Yeah, exciting. I am stoked like the band. <laughs> That'll do it for us on episode number 105. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.